Good morning, church. I actually, um, as Chris shared about the uh, the reading about Heidi Baker this morning, I nearly thought, oh, I can just stand up and go, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, where Chris took us in worship at the end, I thought, oh, yeah, I can go, what he said. <laughs> you don't need me this morning. We've already had the message. But um, you've got me. <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping we'll get to a point when we go back into worship at the end and just pick up that sense uh, of the presence of God where we were. I have a PowerPoint today. I don't know how well you're going to see it. It's always when you're working in a different room, you're not quite, oh, it, it works, that's okay. Um, we'll see where we go. Sam, I will be just going, next slide, please, <laughs> when we get to certain places. So, positioned to pray. And we've been looking at prayer, haven't we, over these last few weeks. We've talked um, about how Jesus taught the disciples to pray in the secret place. Great message from Keith when he came and spoke about our Father. And that's there on the podcasts. If you missed it, go back, listen to that one. Um, Chris has been speaking about you know, speaking to mountains and the power of prayer and fasting and other aspects too. Again, if you miss them, they're on the Revive podcast. Go back, listen. If you don't know how to, ask someone, get them sorted out. We've had such a richness of teaching on prayer. And as I was preparing, you know, it's, it's that oh, okay, we've had this, we've had that, we've had the other. Where do we go, Lord? What do we do? And I just felt the Lord saying to me, where are you positioned when you pray? And I wanted to say, well, I'm in the secret place. I know the answer to that one. <laughs> we've had that teaching already. But I could have said, yeah, I go to my favourite chair, get my, the book, my word out, read what God says. Could have said all of that. But what I sensed God saying was, how am I positioned in here? How am I positioned here? Where is my attitude as I come to pray? How do I come to him? What's that position that I take? And so just right at this moment, I just want you to think for a second what your current most heartfelt prayer is what's your current prayer burden you don't have to not asking you to share just get it in your head now what's your current prayer burden you know there may be unresolved health issues there may be tensions within the family difficulties at work or financial worries but as we have that burden that we bring when we come to the lord in prayer it's that how do we come? Do we come with that prayer burden expectant? Or are we coming to the Lord already feeling defeated? Feeling ashamed or weary? Maybe feeling resentful because he hasn't answered our prayer. Maybe we're disappointed. Maybe we come lacking in faith. We can come into prayer with so many different attitudes. And I just want to say right at the beginning, I'm not speaking as somebody who has it all sorted. There's no condemnation from the stand this morning. We're all 
working through things, aren't we? We're all growing and changing. And I just want to come and share some experience, but really root us in what the word says so that we can move forward together. As you can imagine, the Bible is full of things that we can take on board to help us. And the first thing, thanks Sam, the first thing that we need to remember is that we come in, in the most holy place. That's what Jesus made possible. I'll read it in case from where you are, you can't see it. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, it's Hebrews 10, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to faith with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. That's amazing, isn't it? That's where we come when we pray. We have the confidence to enter the most holy place. You know, last week we took communion and we celebrate it during communion. But do we carry that with us all the time? That as we're coming to God, we can have an attitude of confidence. We're that close. We've been washed clean. You know, I know we all sin, don't we? We all fall short. We know that. And we have to keep coming back and keeping a short account and saying we're sorry to God and receiving forgiveness again for the specifics. But Jesus has already done it we can already enter that most holy place into God's presence. Ephesians 2 tells us, because of his great love for us, God who's rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. We have that grace taking us forward. And it goes on to say, and this is, our next position as we come to pray. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. I know you're sitting this morning in Cottingham Civic Hall on a chair, comfy or not comfy, don't know. But the word of God says, we have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. What a position to remember when you come into God in prayer. You're seated in heavenly places. Now, it's a bit hard sometimes, isn't it, to get our heads around. It's one of those things. I always think that there's, um, in Corinthians, you know, it says, now I only understand a part of it. And uh, now it's a bit like a distorted picture in a mirror. I don't really understand it. I'll be there, you know, in heaven saying to God, what did that mean? (laughs) What did that mean? I was on earth. What did that mean? But if we think about it in terms of our attitude, the word tells us that after Jesus was crucified, raised from the dead, moved amongst his disciples, then ascended into heaven where he is seated at the right hand of God. You know, on the cross he said, it's finished. He has the victory. 
He has already done all that needed to be done. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father in victory. And lo and behold, we're seated with him. So that tells us something of our attitude. Because we need to be coming into prayer actually knowing and trusting and having that faith that it is finished. Jesus has the victory. We might be coming, bringing our burdens, bringing our our worries, our concerns, the things that never get sorted. But how are we coming in here and in here? Are we coming defeated? Are we arriving worried and over-anxious? Or can we actually lift our hearts and our minds to think, Jesus has already done it and I am seated in heavenly places with him. I can have that peace to know it is finished. I might not see it yet. You know, don't we know God's timing is very different to ours. You know, mine would have been yesterday, but God seems to be saying it's over there somewhere and I'm not going to tell you exactly when, but it's God's timing. But that mustn't let that affect the attitude of our hearts. We need to hold on to the truth. A few years ago, we went to Paris on holiday and we went up the Eiffel Tower and uh, we actually walked up all the stairs, which was interesting and quite tiring. But you get to a point where there is a glass floor and you can stand on it. I quite like heights, it doesn't bother me. Not everybody maybe likes it, but I quite like standing on the glass floor and looking down at all the little people down below doing their stuff and queuing and whatever else they were doing down there. And I really had a sense of actually, when I'm seated in heavenly places with the Lord, when I get my attitude correct as to how I'm positioned when I pray, it is done. Actually, I start to see things from his perspective because the Lord sees the whole picture he knows the end from the beginning he knows all that is going to happen you know our finite brains can't grasp that but we can have the peace peace and assurance that that's what the word says and we can as we pray positioned in heavenly places start to ask the Lord just give me your perspective on this Lord What's the whole picture? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? Because I know that the victory is won and I can have peace in that. And if I don't feel the peace, I'm missing something. Show me, Lord. Show me. Thanks, Sam. So we're in the most holy place. We're in heavenly places. But then here's another one of those. Oh, can't quite get my head around this. We're in Christ. In Christ. In John 14, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before the long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you'll realise that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. And in John 15, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. 
And different translations use things like dwell in me, live in me. I like make your home in me. We're in Christ. That's our home. Remain in me, grafted into me. How close is that? Actually grafted in to Christ. You know, the word tells us that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. That's the Spirit of God in us as we are in Christ. Does that change our perspective as we position ourselves to pray? Because when you are that close, we have God's word in us. We have his truth in us. His breath in us. That's pretty close, isn't it? To be grafted in that close. As we are there in Christ, his words, we're just there to hear them. So, so close as we come in Christ. And you know the word says that in Christ, that's where we bear fruit. So as we come in prayer and recognise we're in him and he's in us, wow, what fruit will we see? So much can come out of our prayers in that time. Just want to take a moment, thanks Sam, just to think those three things. In your head, just go back to your prayer burden, your current thing that you identified at the beginning. You are in the most holy place as you position yourself to take that prayer to God. You are seated in heavenly places at peace because there's victory already won. And you are in Christ and he's in you. His word, his breath, his truth. It starts to change. Thanks, Sam. It starts to change our thinking. And that last song, as I say, that Chris sang, or led us in worship, actually, Phil sang as well. That last song. The closeness of the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Thanks, Sam. Because it's about intimacy with God. As we come to pray, we're there in such a position of intimacy with the Lord. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in the holy place, would we? We wouldn't be seated in heavenly places. We wouldn't know him in us and us in him. But because those things are true, that is such an intimate place to be, positioned in prayer. Um, The other week, 
in church. Uh, you know, when you think, oh, I just wish I could take my phone and film this because this is exactly what I want to talk about. And I couldn't, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, some of you will know Charlie and Angie Walton, who are part of Revive. They're not here today, so I haven't been able to get Charlie's approval to talk about him. But I'm going to talk about him anyway, because it's nice. He won't mind. The, a couple of weeks ago, they had their little granddaughter with them, and she's a doll. She's so cute. But during the worship, Charlie was standing, and he had her in his arms, just holding her. And to start with, you know, the worship's going on, and she was just looking around, looking around, very content. She was there. She was safe. She was dwelling, as it were, in her granddad's arms. And then, after a while, almost as if she suddenly realised where she was and how good it was, she just started to look at him. And I can't tell you how long it went on for. It was so beautiful. But she just gazed at him. Just looked. And you could see the love to and fro between the two of them, this gaze that was happening between them. Gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Safe in their arms. But it didn't stop there. Because obviously she felt she wasn't quite close enough in that love. And she brought her head, so she was like forehead to forehead with Charlie. Eyes to eyes. I mean, I would have been squinting at this point, but she was so close. Eyes to eyes. And then a little hand came up and just started to touch his face just so close and intimate just getting to explore exactly who he was when we position ourselves in prayer before God knowing that we've been washed clean knowing that the victory is won knowing that we're in him and he's in us we get to that place of intimacy, so, so close. One of the things, it was, it was in the middle of worship, so it wasn't quiet at this point, but because she was that close, she couldn't just see him, she couldn't just feel him up like this, but even despite everything else that was going on around her, she could hear Charlie, she could hear his voice, thanks Sam. The world's noisy, isn't it? It's already been said a bit this morning. There's so many distractions, so much going on, so many interruptions, so many demands for our attention. I sometimes feel like my brain is just too busy to take it all on board. It's just there's so much happening. But as we draw close into the presence of God in that intimate relationship, when we get our position correct, we do start to hear his voice in the middle of everything else that's going on. Thanks. The sheep that are my own and are listening to my voice and I know them and they follow me. That's not just I hear God's voice. You know, I'm sure you've had conversations with people where you've been talking and they know you've been talking. They could say, oh yeah, sound was coming out of your mouth. But 
Did they hear you? Were they actually listening to you? They certainly didn't follow what you'd asked them to do. To them, it was just a bit of a sound going on over there. But as we hear the voice of God, you know, it's actually a voice that demands a response. And, you know, the Bible's got the stories that we could read, couldn't we? We know Jonah heard the voice of God. Unfortunately, he didn't do as he was told to start with. He ran away. And we know that Zachariah had the, heard the voice of God when he was told his wife had had the baby, but he um, couldn't believe that. And therefore, God struck him dumb. There are slight consequences when we hear the voice of God and we don't actually put it into action. Maybe sometimes we're unsure whether it's actually God's voice we've heard. And we've talked about this before. I think Chris was talking about it when he had us with our Bibles to, to pray through a passage and see what God was saying to us. You know, the more we do things like that, the more we spend time in the presence of God, the more closer we come, we start to recognise when it's God's voice. You get that feeling in your belly sometimes, don't you? And you're like, oh, might be God, might be me. No, I know. I've got to say this. I've got to do this. I've got to whatever. And, you know, you're part of a church. We have mature Christian friends. We can say to them, oh, I'm starting to think God's saying this to me. Can you stand with me in prayer? Can we pray about it? See if you think it seems right. We can check it in the word and see what the word of God says. Does it balance? Does it, does it fit with what God says the truth is? There's lots of ways we can check out that voice because God wants to speak to us. You know, he doesn't want us just to come and pray and offload everything. You know, when you, you meet up with somebody or you're getting to know somebody the first few times, it's like, oh, we chat, 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 bit, bit, bit of uh, what have you done today, da, 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 da. but it's only as you spend time together that you get to find the heart. And they open up about the important things. That's where we need to be with the Lord. Position to pray in such a way that we get beyond our list of please, will you do this? Thank you for that, etc. And actually into that place because, thank you, the Lord wants to bring revelation to us. Each and every one of us. It's not just for Chris as our pastor. It's not just for him to hear the voice of God. It's for each and every one of us. Jeremiah says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. And I, I like the way it's in the Amplified. It says, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. Do not distinguish and recognise, have knowledge of and understand. You know, actually, it's those sorts of things that, and that needs time, doesn't it? To get that revelation, the stuff that's hidden, it's not, let's open my Bible, ooh, let, yep, that verse, that'll be it. It's actually, we're digging. We're digging for what God's saying, what the secret is in his word. And it is for everybody. It's not just something in the Bible, not just for church leaders. Thanks, Sam. As I was uh, preparing the message for today, uh, it was on, I think it was February the 9th, I saw this post from Pete Gregg. He's the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement. 
Some of you may recognise the guy in the picture. Some of you may not. But I want to read to you a part of what was in the post because it, it says it in the right words. On this day in 1958, a provincial pastor called David Wilkerson made a simple decision that changed the world. Trading passive screen time for intentional prayer time, he decided to spend his evenings seeking God. I'm just going to stop there. Because when I first read it, I thought, screen time in 1958? There weren't any iPads. What was that about then? And then I thought, oh, obviously, he watched a lot of television. <laughs> that would be the screen, wouldn't it, in 1958? And if it was um, screen time in 1958, think about our screen time now. I'll just read that phrase again. Trading passive screen time for intentional prayer time, he decided to spend his evenings seeking God. And you know when you do that, God speaks. A couple of weeks later, as he was sitting there in prayer, he picked up a copy of Life magazine and began flicking through its pages absentmindedly. A picture of seven gang members on trial in New York City for the brutal killing of a 15-year-old polio victim moved David in ways he couldn't explain. He found himself weeping over those lost souls and sensed the spirit whispering four words, go help those boys. In that place of intimacy, that place of prayer, God spoke and brought revelation. He'd never been to New York City, but three, within three days he was there, seeking to intervene in the very trial he'd been reading about. He was kicked out of the courthouse for his troubles and photographed by journalists looking for a new spin on the sensational case. That was the photo they took when he was kicked out of court. Still burdened for the city's gangsters, David began seeking them out until eventually he met a young Puerto Rican named Nicky Cruz, leader of one of the wildest and most dangerous gangs, the Mau Maus. And many of you will have read the book, The Cross and Switchblade, or seen the film. Out of David Wilkerson's prayer time, out of that intimacy in the most holy place, seated in heavenly places, in Christ and Christ in him, God spoke. He heard God's voice with revelation. And, you know, what was the revelation? Go help those boys. But he didn't just hear. He listened and he followed what God was saying. Years later, there's a, a famous quote from David Wilkerson's funeral in 2011, and Nikki Cruz says, I've come to say goodbye to my spiritual father. I've told people for years that if it weren't for David Wilkerson, I'd be in the pit of hell today. 
And it wasn't just Nicky Cruz who he saved. He actually founded Teen Challenge, which some of you may have heard of, which helps, it says here, 24,000 young people every day to get free from their addictions in 1,000 centres across 80 nations. In that place of intimacy, he recognised the voice of God. He recognised the revelation. And he did something. He positioned himself to pray. Trading passive screen time for intentional prayer time. Sam, could you go back to um, slide seven, please? Thanks. I wonder what revelations God has in heaven for each of us. I wonder if we come back to our prayer burden that we currently have, our most heartfelt cry to the Lord. What will he say to us if we draw up close? I'd like us, Chris, please, to go back into worship. There were other things that I uh, might have said, but I'm not going to say. Because I think we need to take a moment, position ourselves in the place of prayer, Listen to the Lord. Let's stand. Father God, Father God, Abba, Daddy, we want to dwell in your presence this morning. We want to gaze at you. Lord, we want to seek you. We want to hear your voice above the noise of the world. Thank you, Lord, that through the blood of Jesus, we have been made clean and we come into the most holy place today. Thank you, Lord, that the victory is won. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Lord, we pray this morning that you would give us eyes to see our problems, our prayer burdens. We'd see them as you see them, Lord. We'd see your answers. We'd see the whole picture because we know it is finished. There is victory. Show us, Lord, what we need to do. Speak that we would hear your voice. Holy Spirit within each one of us. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. We gaze at you. We draw close to you. We worship you, Lord.
come before your throne.